Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And right now, all is well for the Red Storm as they pick up their third straight win. They have now won four of their last five. And they are now 10-7 overall and 4-6 and in the conference after an 81-68 win on the road against DePaul. Now, it wasn't pretty. At times, it looked like this game was going to get a lot closer than it needed to be. And honestly, it probably was a little closer than it needed to be. St. John's did some things that you didn't love, played a little bit sloppy for some portions of this game. But overlooking all of that, it was a game that St. John's absolutely had to have and they got it over a week since you've played your last meaningful game your last big east game on the road against a depaul team that is bottom of the conference number 10 or number 11 in this conference for sure and give these guys credit because they made this game about as easy as it could have been jumping out to a 15 point 49 to 34 halftime lead And the lead never got lower, I think, than eight in the second half as St. John's really controlled this entire game, controlled the tempo of this entire game, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but really from what about the 13 or 14 minute mark of the first half until the end of the game, really seemed to control the pace of this game and play the type of game that they wanted to play. And give this team credit. In a season unlike any other, When you're traveling, when it's hard enough as is to get a win on the road against a Big East opponent, and I know it's DePaul, but going on the road, and and DePaul has not been an automatic win for St. John's over the years. You know, they've been swept at DePaul. They've, They've lost games at DePaul over the years in this new iteration of the Big East. So this was not an automatic win. They were only favored by a point going into this game. So give these guys credit. Going on the road. In these times, having to travel in these times and getting and taking care of business and making it basically as painless as you could have made it. You know, we didn't want a notable game. You know, we didn't want a 10 point comeback. We didn't want, you know, a clutch shot with one minute to go. We wanted the exact game that we got tonight. A 15 point halftime lead. Sure, you came out a little bit sluggish in the second half, as I mentioned. Couldn't hit some shots early. Missed a couple of open shots. Turned the ball over a lot uh, for some portions of the second half, for sure. But DePaul wasn't really good enough to capitalize on them, first of all. And second of all, every time that DePaul you know, missed a chance to capitalize on your mistake, you seem to follow it up with a big shot. You know, how many games do we say with St. John's? Do we see them playing and, and, and you know, down by 10 or down by 8, and they'll get it down to 4, and then the other team will hit a couple of shots and get it back up to 8? That's kind of what this game felt like, but St. John's is on the other end of that. You know, St. John's did a good job in this game, you know, never falling apart to the point that DePaul could really get back in this game. So it's a road win. And it's an easy road win, one that you absolutely had to have against a bad team, a bad DePaul team. One of, in my opinion, one of the worst DePaul teams that we've seen in this new version of the Big East. I mean, this DePaul team is is short on talent for sure. Uh, Paulie Cap had an outstanding game, but no one else on this team. I mean, Charlie Moore is good, obviously, but, but no one else on this team really strikes any fear into you whatsoever. So that should be another win for you uh, down the road in the Big East, but... You took care of business in a game that you absolutely had to have. 
And like I said, you did it in a relatively pain, painless way. And I think we're starting to see this team come together now. And sure, I know that they, they beat UConn, then they beat a, uh, you know, a, a mid-major throwaway game, and then they beat probably the worst team in the Big East, sure. So the three-game sample size, and even if you want to extend it further, the sample size against Butler, who is also you know one of the bottom three, four teams in the conference, it's not a great sample size, sure. But we're seeing this team come together. We're seeing this team mature. You know, two, three weeks ago, I think, if this game was played at the beginning of January, let's say, I don't think that this is an easy 13-point win in which you never really sweat, especially on the road. I really don't think that. I mean, look at the Georgetown game. You know, in the in the in the middle of uh, of of December, I think the second Big East game of the year. That wasn't a cakewalk. That was a loss. I think uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've definitely seen this team mature. We've seen this team learn how to win games and learn how to close out games. You know, tonight you have what a ten point lead with three minutes to go, and you close the game out, and you did so without any any you know fireworks, without any drama whatsoever. You just close the game out. And again, how much do you put into DePaul just being a, you know, a crappy team, for, for lack of a better term? I mean, DePaul had their chances for sure in this game to get back in it. St. John's, like I said, played a sloppy game, especially in the second half. DePaul's not very good. But still, we're seeing this team learn and we're seeing this team mature. And there's some hope now. About what? I don't know. You know, we'll see who they end up playing over the weekend. If it is Marquette, that's a winnable game. You know, when you look at this schedule now, and, and, and frankly, in the Big East, you know, you've played uh, Creighton twice. Outside of Villanova, you should think that you can play with every team in this conference. When you play like you did in that first half tonight. When you're speeding teams up. When you're forcing turnovers. When you've got, I think they had 17 points off turnovers in that first half tonight. And by the way, the half-court offense has looked a lot better for this team. How many possessions did you see for the Red Storm in this game against DePaul where three, four, all five guys on the court touched the ball on offense? How many times did you see them make an extra pass? Now, sometimes they were missing that open three, but it's still an open three. It's a high percentage shot. How many times did you see Isaiah Moore right next to the basket with an easy lob dunk because he was in the right position? How many times did you see Rasheem Dunn setting someone up with his nine assists in this game? You even saw Julian Champagne. What we've been we've been asking them to you know get Julian in, in in spots where he can you know not have to create his own type of shot, a difficult shot. You know where teams are starting a game plan for him more. You saw them set a really nice screen for him. I believe in the second half he can get an open ten footer or an open layup. I'm sorry. This team is maturing. Now, they got killed on the boards tonight. And a big part of that was Josh Roberts go, you know, missing basically the entire first half. Uh, getting in foul trouble early. Really, all of the bigs were in foul trouble early. Uh, Moore, Erlington, Toro, they were all in foul trouble. But they, St. John just didn't let that kill them. You know, a guy went for 16-16 and 16 in this game, and it really didn't matter. You know, they did a better job in the second half or just, you know, midway through the first half, I felt like defensively around the rim, but they got killed on the boards. And that's something that you need to improve. You know, but DePaul's a bigger, more physical team than you and they're going to do that. But overall, this was a game, like I said, that you needed to have and that you needed to have in a, in a 
fashion like this. This gives me confidence going forward that this team can be, you know, a, a sixth, a seventh place team in this uh, in this conference, as opposed to a bottom three team in the conference. This gives me confidence. A game like tonight that shows that there is, you know, a significant gap between you and DePaul right now. Because like I mentioned, St. John's didn't play a great game. They went 7 of 26 from three-point range. Sure, they scored 81 points, but they didn't play great. They turned it over 12 times. They didn't play an outstanding game tonight. As we said, they got out-rebounded. You know, they gave 20 offensive rebounds in this game. So it was not a great game, and yet still it was a, you know, relative cakewalk for St. John's. Some player performances from this game. Uh, Vince Cole. Maybe that game against Utah Valley, which we all kind of chalked up as a throwaway game, then, you know, we were wondering why they were even playing it. Maybe that helped Vince Cole. Maybe that stabilized Vince Cole a little bit. Now, someone mentioned on Twitter, I don't remember who said it, you know, Vince Cole only plays well against mid-majors, and maybe DePaul is a mid-major at this point. But he did have 18 points in this game, and he hit some big shots for them. He hit really, you know, the dagger shot there at the end of the game. 18 points for him. But, you know, four guys with 15-plus points tonight. Julian Champagny battling that foot injury, battling what looked like a hand injury. Still scores 16 points. Goes 3 of 5 from three-point range. Kind of willed his way, earned those 16 points tonight. Isaiah Moore. I thought this may have been Isaiah Moore's best game at St. John's so far this season. 6 of 7 from the field. He... Opened the game up. I think it was his first shot with a ill-advised three-pointer, which no disrespect, Isaiah Moore, but I never want to see you shooting three-pointers. Don't shoot them because you saw what he can do tonight. Hang around the rim. Stay in the paint. Hang around the rim, and you will get your points. 15 tonight, and he had six, He went 6-7 from the field, and I don't know how many of those weren't dunks. Maybe all. I think all six of those might have been just dunks off alley-oops, mostly from Dunn and Alexander. Isaiah Moore knew, you know, he played his role perfectly tonight on offense. And speaking of Posh Alexander and Rasheem Dunn, heck of a game for those two. They combined for 14 assists in this game. And Posh Alexander, just the one thing that I noticed about Posh, he finishes at the rim so effectively for a guy his size. I mean, he's my height, Posh Alexander. And some of these shots that he's able to finish around the rim are incredible. Went 6 of 10 from the field tonight, had 15 points. He's playing out of his mind for St. John's. And Rasheem Dunn, also quiet game, 7 points but 9 assists, a team high in this game. Overall, not a whole lot to complain about in this game for St. John's. And at the end of the day, it was the exact type of game that you wanted to play. A relatively stress-free game against a very bad DePaul team. Looking forward now, if they do play Marquette over the weekend, that becomes, in my opinion, just as big as the UConn game would have been. You know, because I was going into this week saying, take care of business against DePaul, and then you have UConn in, in really what is the biggest game of the season. If that game ends up being Marquette, that becomes, in my opinion, the biggest game of the season to date. Because you win that game, and you're 11-7 and and 5-6 and in the conference, in my opinion, you're right on the bubble. Or you're nearing the bubble now. How you finish the season, I don't know. But in the moment, you know, if you win that game on Saturday or Sunday, I think you'd have a legitimate, you know, shot at the tournament. Now... 
we're talking crazy here, obviously. You know, they're, they're still nowhere near the, the, the tournament. But things can change quickly. And the way that this team is playing right now, I'd really want them to get another game. It sounds like they're going to get another game for sure. But I'd really want to get them another game in before Villanova next week, which you would presume is a loss, obviously. I, but I'd, I'd really want to get another game in this weekend while you're playing as well as you're playing right now on this three-game winning streak, on this you know streak of four out of five where you're you know a missed buzzer beater away from winning five in a row. So I would definitely want to get uh, one more game in. But it just it just speaks to the, the the craziness of college basketball, especially this season. That you know, two weeks ago, I was saying I don't know if this team's going to get to five or six Big East wins. Now look at me. After this game, I'm saying they can play with anyone in the conference, and they might be a bubble team. You know, come come, come Saturday or Sunday, we'll see. But that's how college basketball works, and that's that's how fandom works. You know, let's all be fans here for a second, and let's hope for the best. And right now, there's no reason to with the way that this team has been playing and the growth that this team has shown over the last two weeks. But we will see going forward. All right, now let's get to our interview uh, of the day. I'm going to be joined by Tom McAllister. And uh, he's going to come on for the first time and help break down the Red Storm's win tonight over to Paul. Let's take it over to Tom. All right, we are now joined by Tom McAllister of Sports Talk Line. He's a contributor of, at Sports Talk Line. I've come on his show a couple of times. We're having Tom on here for the first time. Tom, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing all right, Troy. How, how are you this lovely evening? I'm hanging in there. And like like we mentioned off air a second ago, you know, if, if, if we're going to have to stay up late and uh, watch the Johnnies, it's better to get a win and uh, a relatively easy win at that. So happy about that for sure, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I just think when you look at DePaul, even though, they have been a team that's been predominantly at the bottom of the reformed Big East. St. John's has not had success, especially at DePaul. Uh, it was two years ago they got swept with, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, Matt Strauss. Yes. Yeah. Up at Burger. Uh, <laughs> and it, it just hasn't been a good place because usually DePaul is a difficult matchup with St. John's because they usually have size, whether it's Paul Reed. Or Jalen Butts, but this game, you know, they were able to force a lot of turnovers. Uh, it looked like Vince Cole, I really felt he hit his first jumper, mm-hmm. um, and he had a strong game. He had 18 points, and it looks like I, I feel like Vince Cole, though, he, he makes a lot of shots that make you scream, oh no, oh no. Oh, <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, let's let's start with Vince. I mean, it, it it feels like, you know, he he had that incredible non-conference. Obviously, hit a couple of big shots to win a couple of games for St. John's. Gets into conference play and feels like he kind of took a back seat, especially to Julian and even guys like Posh. Uh, but tonight, like you mentioned, 18 points, three of eight from three-point range, and seven of 16 from the field. Uh, maybe that game, you know, that throwaway game against Utah Valley over the weekend, maybe it kind of jump-started his season. Uh, but what'd you? think of his game tonight you know I, I think Vince Cole is slowly starting to grow on me mm-hmm. um, me too yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like his I feel like his decision making has improved mm-hmm. um, and I, I think there was one time where I think St. John's had about an 8-9 point lead with about 2 minutes left and, and Cole could have taken maybe a shot from deep with about 25 seconds left in the shot clock but he decided to pass the ball around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he, and he's making some smarter plays and I think as time goes on, hopefully he acclimates to the Big East, and I think that's that's his threat that they need. They need that deep shot 
uh, especially today. I mean, St. John's, they shot 26 three-pointers, and I just think that was too many three-pointers yeah. mm-hmm. for a team like this. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point that, that you make about just like the growth and maturity of Cole, because I, I feel like we're kind of seeing that with this whole team now, like learning how to close out games. I mean, we've seen them in the past, you know, especially against Georgetown in that one loss, you know, big leads at the end of game, blowing these big leads, even, you know, a 10-point lead with three minutes to go. Tonight, they close out the game nicely, and they really really do what you're supposed to do there. They take time off. They take smart shots. They get good shots at the rim. Um, just feels like we're seeing this team kind of grow and mature. Even a little thing like Posh Alexander, uh, he had that breakaway dunk in the first half. Didn't go for the windmill like we saw him do uh, against Boston College. I mean, are you noticing that as well, that this team is kind of maturing a- as a whole? Yeah, I-, I think in late game situations, they decided to slow it down. You saw that with Butler. Mm-hmm. Cause I really think that Georgetown game was a valuable learning experience. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a, it was a very painful loss where they had the lead, but instead of killing the clock, they try to go fast to go fast. Mm-hmm. And you can even say against the win against Boston College, but they're starting to learn if we slow things down, okay, we want to kill the clock. And though they're even able, I think, Champagny and Cole ended two possessions with a three, which mm-hmm. even helps out mm-hmm. even more when we're able to kill the clock and finish with a basket. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Tonight felt like kind of a, uh, not a great game from Julian Champagne. He only scores 16 points and shoots uh, 6 of six of 15 from, from the field. Kind of felt like he was battling that foot injury, maybe, maybe a hand injury as well. But still, St. John scores 81 points and they put up 49 in the first half. I mean, to you, what does that say about this offense? You look at the balance of this offense. They had four guys uh, with 15 plus points tonight. What does that say about the, the balance going forward for St. John's? Well, I, I think with Champagne, you know, the good news is that he is the biggest leading scorer uh, as of this game. We'll see how much the numbers change. Mm-hmm. The bad news is he's the biggest leading scorer, so you know the opposition is going to gear up for him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you've seen it the last few games when he tries to dribble drive, the help is coming running at him. So this is something where you're going to have to see Julian Champagne evolve even more where maybe he's able you know he had a nice alley-oop towards the beginning of the second half yeah maybe he wants to move better without the ball to get some open shots so i think that's something to look at but i think you know posh alexander you know his shooting has improved mm-hmm. and also i think someone else who had a great game today offensively especially even though he fouled out was Isaiah Moore. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Isaiah. I mean, he, he shoots six of seven from the field, uh, misses only three-pointer that he took. It, it feels like Isaiah Moore, he, he likes to kind of drift out on the perimeter, it feels like, on offense. But, I mean, you saw it tonight, and you mentioned it. It, it felt like he was right there for so many uh, alley-oop dunks. But what do you like about his game tonight? Uh, I think, too, you know, one of the things I liked was, I think in some of the earlier games, he would try to do too much. And I think there was a point midway towards the second half, the pole was making a little bit of a run. Yep. And I think the pole, he got this steal, but instead of trying to dribble it a two-on-one, he gave it to Posh, and Posh gave it back to him to the gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, too, he's not forcing shots anymore. Like, most of his shots are very high percentage. He also did a little, uh, I, I guess, that free-throw violation. I don't know if he coached <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he lets you know. But but I, I think one of the things I, I want to bring up, too, is I, I hear the, the St. John's bench chanting defense when they're on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's showing a sign that the guys who aren't in the game, they're still 
involved with the team and they're still trying to help out the guys on the floor. So I think that's a good sign going forward that players are more invested. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, again, that just speaks to the growth and maturity of this team. I think Moore is another good example of that. Someone who, like you said, his shot selection has improved and improved a lot tonight, kind of staying near the paint there. Let's talk about, though, I think the main issue of this game, you know, it, it was a sloppy game. It wasn't a, a, you know, a resounding win for the Red Storm. The main issue was obviously the, the perimeter defense, or I'm sorry, the defense uh, in the paint, uh, you know, allowing 48 rebounds, being out-rebounded 48 to 36, and 20 offensive rebounds. Um, I mean, the obvious issue was, was Josh Roberts picking up those two fouls early and going out, but what was it that you noticed, you know, why DePaul just dominated in the paint this game? You know, I, I think Paulie Polcap, he, he just had a career game. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, though. The poll shot 38% from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, when the opposition shoots 38% from the field, they are probably going to get some offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt the poll has consistently just been the more physical team against St. John's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something that happened here again. And, and, you know, once St. John's got those stops and got those defensive rebounds, you know, the poll was in a lot of trouble. I felt like that generated a lot of their offense going forward. I don't know if it's because Paulie Polkamp was just a tough matchup for Josh Roberts, mm-hmm. but I do give credit for St. John's because Josh Roberts, he kind of, once he's come back and to put in the starting lineup, we've kind of seen this resurgence where they've won four out of five. And, and, and you just got to, I, I kind of wonder what are they going to do going forward. I, I think, though, too, you got to call on guys like Erlington. Mm-hmm. We'll sue and Champagne to rebound just better if, if it's a player's taking over like Paulie Paul Cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, did you agree? I think Roberts, when he had the two fouls, I don't think that he returned in the in the rest of the first half. Did you agree with that, or, or would you have tried to like to see him, you know, get back into the game, uh, you know, at some point in the first half, even with the two fouls? I would say this because he picked up his two fouls so quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was something where it's like, you know what? Let's save him out here. You know, Toro got some time there. Moore got some time. Um, so it, it was just something like, let, let's see what happens. Um, let's try to do. And also, too, it didn't put a pressing concern because St. John's was able to get to build a 15-point lead. Yeah. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're down 15, it would I be agree. different. But you kind of found the right combo and you're able to expand the lead. I agree 100%. Um, you mentioned about the, the three-point shooting. In this game, obviously St. John shoots 26 threes, and it did feel like for for at least a point in the second half there, they were definitely forcing some. Um, but they did have uh, 20 assists on 30 made field goals in this game. But but talk about you know just the offense as as a whole. I felt like the ball moved a little bit better. But what do you think about that? I definitely think at times the ball did move a lot better. Mm-hmm. You just put it down, hit the shot. I really think mm-hmm. at the beginning of the first half, they had about four or five guys touching the ball yeah. to get an open shot. The shot just wasn't falling. It, it, it just, I think they forced more threes in the first half because sometimes the three-pointers could be fool's gold. Yeah. Where you, you hit somebody at the beginning of the game and then you think you can shoot them all game. You know, I think the UConn game, they shot 15 threes and they, they were, I think, 7 of 15, mm-hmm. which I think is a great ratio for this team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean... Looking forward now for this team, um, apparently on the broadcast they said they're going to be playing Marquette over the yes. weekend. Uh, just an absolutely huge game. I mean, this game was big, I think, to just just take care of business, beat a team, a DePaul team that's not very good this season, you know, that's going to be a bottom two or three team in the conference. Um, 
going forward, Marquette now, I mean, where do you see this team going? Is, is this, you know, three-game win streak? Is this four or five what we're going to see going forward? Or do you think that we kind of, you know, fall back into reality a little bit? Um, I, I think Marquette's going to be an interesting game because Marquette, uh, they lost to the poll uh, this weekend and they lost a tough game mm-hmm. to Providence in overtime. And I think they played a one-possession game last week. And you got to wonder, you know, this isn't the same Marquette team. You know, Marquette has been very physical this year. And that's kind of something that St. John has historically struggled against. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. And, and I think this is one of the litmus test games. Yeah, big time. Like, can St. John's be the middle of the pack, or are they just going to fall and be in that, you know, that wonderful range of playing uh, the first night of the Big East tournament? <laughs> uh, last question for me. I mean, do you see them getting up to the middle of the pack, or, is, or do you think that they'll they'll kind of fall back, uh, you know, towards that that first game, the first night of the Big East tournament? What do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I'm, I'm I think you know they, they still have to play two games against Villanova. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though they technically match up well with them on paper, mm-hmm. that's a struggle. Um, they got one more game against. Uh, they have games at home against UConn, Seton Hall, and Xavier. I think those games mm-hmm. at home, I think, could be winnable. I'm not saying they are. Yeah. And they got another two games against Providence. And I think Providence, you know, Nate Watson. Is feasting inside, and that's some, some, a player that scares me to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's going to be a tough matchup. It's it's going to be interesting, but they've they've certainly uh, you know kind of improved their their season outlook so far uh, with these last couple of weeks. Tom, thank you so much for for hopping on and joining me, man. Uh, first time we've had you on. Definitely won't be the last. Uh, we're glad we can talk some some St. John's hoops with you tonight, man. Yeah, especially after win. Thanks for having me on, Troy. All right, have a good night, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, once again, that was Tom McAllister of Sports Talk Line. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at defense underscore com. That's D-F-E-N-D-S underscore C-O-M. He does Battle of the Big East on YouTube. I've gone on that show a couple of times. Uh, always good talking with Tom. That was the first time that we've had him on our show, uh, the podcast here, but he will definitely be a regular contributor to this podcast going forward the rest of this season and uh, into next season as well. Uh, just a couple of thoughts as we wrap up the St. John's 81-68 to win over DePaul as the Red Star improved to 10-7 and overall and 4-6 and uh, in the Big East. Once again, just want to commend these players, these coaches, and the staff for so far, knock on wood, um, staying healthy, you know, staying safe, minimizing risk with uh, with this situation that we're currently living in with the coronavirus. Um, you know, you saw DePaul or uh, UConn had a had to cancel a couple of the games due to officials testing positive. I mean, you just see the 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 little things that can cost you games, that can cause postponements this season. There's just so much to manage, and I can only imagine, you know, the the, the anxiety that these guys are going through taking these tests. Obviously, you know, I don't know, a couple times a week, I would imagine, and and you know, just the the, the risk that they're going through to put these games on is huge, and it's it's really just a, an accomplishment in itself that we're even playing college basketball. And again, it's a testament to the Big East. It's a testament to St. John's. It's a testament to all these players, coaches, administrators that have gotten this season off relatively smoothly uh, through a couple of months, through about two months now, actually almost on the dot. 
kudos to them. Uh, kudos to these players again for putting these games on and for for you know putting out putting this risk out there for us to be able to watch these games. Always want to just just note that. Um, David Carraher in in the news um, has decided to to enter the transfer portal. He's going to leave the program. Just never really worked out for David at St. John's. Um, seemed like you know a heck of a player or a heck of a of a guy. Heck of a teammate for sure. Seemed like he was well liked in the locker room, uh, just from the videos that I've seen and the guy's social media. But uh, just never really worked out on the court for David. He was never really the scorer. I think that maybe St. John's thought he would be uh, coming here and just kind of struggled finding his role. I thought that he might be one of those guys that could kind of take a leap into being, you know, a, a seven, eight, nine point a game type guy for them. But it just never worked out. But that obviously doesn't take away, um, you know, anything about him off the court as a person. Um, and we definitely wish him the best of luck uh, along the way, wherever he ends up going forward next season and, and beyond. Just wanted to note that as well as David Carraher uh, enters the transfer portal. But that wraps up tonight's show or today's show. Um, want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back next week. May do a rapid reaction type thing on Periscope. I haven't had a chance to do one of those in a while just due to work schedules and everything like that. But um, if d- depending on when that game is played over the weekend or who it's played against, uh, maybe on Periscope. So definitely check that out. Follow me on Twitter uh, for that. And we will definitely be back with a recap of the Villanova game next week. Uh, all things, you know, fingers crossed that we play that game but if that game is played as expected um we'll be back with a recap of that one uh next wednesday i believe it would be so thank you all for listening another win for the red storm three in a row feels really good as always let's go johnny's